All right, welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to our very, very first episode of the HBC Creative. It's been a long time coming, highly anticipated. I'm glad to be a part of it. I am Cedric Shamar. <coughs> if you know me, you can call me Ced, Ceddy, from the uh, one and only Norfolk State University. And I am Jai James, and I also hail from Norfolk State University. Hey, welcome. My name is Jonas Strickland. They call me Jonas and Kosi. That's my middle name. And I hail from the first HBCU degree granting university in the United States, Lincoln University. Okay. I'm in the building. Oh, wow. I was, okay. I was, okay. 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 <laughs> Y'all guys seem a little nervous. Y'all nervous? This is the first podcast. I'm a little, the first, you know. The first podcast. It's going to lighten up. It's yeah. going to get better. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, let, so, look, let, let's just jump straight into it. Uh, I'm not going to say the year that I graduated, but but um, we'll just, I'll just throw some things out there, right? Okay. And y'all can just tell me what was your mindset. <clears throat> what was your decision in choosing a HBCU over a predominantly white institution? Because people always get it confused. Like, what's a HBCU? What's a PWI? Some people don't even know what PWI stands for. So PWI stands for Predominantly White Institute. HBCU is Historically Black Colleges and Universities. So all of us up here went to HBCU, but what was your deciding factor to say, look, I'm going to HBCU over PWI? Well, that's a great question. And when I look over the time when I graduated from high school, trying to decide where I would go for college, um, I was in a tight place because I didn't have the money to go to certain schools. And the schools that I, w that I was looking for were just out of my, my budget, my parents' budget, and they were just far away. And so, lo and behold, my cousin, he came across a gentleman at a wedding, and um, it changed my life, the, traje the trajectory of my life. Um, his name was Edgar Mitchell, and he was a recruiter for Lincoln University mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania. And he told my cousin about this science program that Lincoln offered, that if I was able to earn a 3.0 over the, the course of the summer, and I would be able to be eligible for a full scholarship. So 3.0 in high school, you, you had to have a 3.0. I'm just <laughs> nah, nah, that's a good question. Nah, that's, that's a great. Nah, bro, I'm going to tell you something. That's far-fetched for me because 3.0 is like a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Let me for tell you me. something. Let me tell you something. So this program was the Lincoln Advanced Science and Engineering Reinforcement Program, mm -hmm. which altogether meant LASER, right? And so LASER was the name of the program, yeah. and so was the science program more or less. And um, it was founded by uh, Dr. Willie Williams. Um, shout out to Dr. Willie Williams. First name Willie? Yeah, that's right. That's how you Willie. know it's gangster. You know what I mean? <laughs> Willie. Yeah, he took it back, Willie, right? Willie, Willie is a 19... <laughs> is, is a 1970, 80s name, Willie. That's how you know it was yeah. real. But Dr. That's Williams was uh, so prominent. He had so many connections to different um, government agencies, NASA, Department of Defense. And they put this science program together to drink, bring students from D.C., Philly, Baltimore, New York, all over the United States together. And um, they put you on a trajectory to go into the career field in science and technology and engineering. And so Edgar Mitchell, I didn't have the, the uh, SAT scores, I must, I, um, but I had, the, I had the academics to back it up. And I knew if I was able to get into the school that I would do well. And so um, I came onto the school on, the, on, a, on a Sunday evening. My mother drove me up through the corn. This is my first time going to Lincoln. And if anybody knows about Lincoln, it's like in the middle of a cornfield. You know what I mean? He's not really surrounded by any um, buildings, or it's just kind of set alone to itself. So Lincoln, so did y'all have, because it's in Philly, <clears throat> did y'all have a lot well, of... We, we, we really not, we, we south of Philly. Okay, so south yeah, of Philly, but, yeah. but do y'all have a long, uh, like a strong draw of people from Philly, like migrating to the school? Is that like, because I, I know like Nova State, we had like a large, a large influx of like D.C. and mm -hmm. New York people. Mm -hmm. 
And you got to think, we Virginia, so we had all those people. So just like asking, like, because it's so close to Philly. Because I think of like, all right, you don't go to Temple, you don't go to Lincoln. I would hey, think that too. Yeah. Hey, bro, you hit it right on the head. So, and I'm going to bring it to a close. But yeah, so Philly pretty much was the main component of, of Lincoln. You know, then you have Baltimore, Delaware, um, Pittsburgh even. And then you have New York, New Jersey, and then D.C. Mm-hmm. and other places. So um, when I went to the school, man, you know, I didn't do well on my interest test, man. In fact, I failed. But, you know, Edgar Mitchell talked to the people in Lazers like, listen, give my guy a shot. And you know what I'm saying? He really made me believe that, listen, man, I belong here. And him believing me, making me feel that I belonged at a school, um, and then giving me an opportunity to earn money so I could go to school for free made the difference. And so that's why I chose Lincoln. All right, so so PWI was never on your agenda at all? No, nah, real talk. Well, for me, coming from D.C., I was looking at the University of Maryland College Park. Okay. That was my that was part what I was looking at. But, you know, in the like, grand scheme of things, I didn't, I didn't have the SAT scores to match up. And so that kind of put me in a, at a disadvantage of wanting to, to, to get into that school. But when I look back over it, you know what I mean, that summer was intense because, like I said, I had to get a 3.0 over the summer. But made a lot of lifelong friends, lasting relationships. And um, it, it truly was a, a blessing for me to get into the school because at the, at the moment it really wasn't on my radar. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. so. so so what do you think your, your reason? So, like, like your, your experience of getting in versus going to – P-W-I. So, all right, for me, like, I've always, okay, so as a kid, like, my older sister, like, all her friends, and she went to, like, an HBCU. So I always was like, that's fly. I want to do that. But, like, once I got to high school, which was Duke Ellington School of the Arts, which is in D.C., um, I started getting more interested in going to art school. So like, so hold on hold on so let, let's 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 do a timeout. So okay. you just you just can't casually drop Duke Don't, Ellington in major DC. school okay. major, right, major right, school right. and before DC. you even go there, yeah. bro, I gotta show love to my high school, Benjamin Banneker Academic, bro. So was my yeah. sister. Yeah, school. yeah. So, so, so let's let's yeah, out. we out here. All right. So so if you don't know about DC, these are like so you these. Be considered <laughs> bougie high schools, and then definitely bougie high schools in in DC. Nah, Two, man. Yes. So, <laughs> so you can't dance. So, who, so who, who who was famous to graduate from your, your high school? Oh wow! So, uh, Dave Chappelle. Okay, keep going. Um, Denise Graves, who was an opera singer. Um, yo, you gotta forgive me. I got wine in me, so I don't remember everybody. No, but, but just, you said Dave Chappelle, just, bro. That's Dave say less, alone. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but if we if we so, talk. I mean, like, in, in um, like, there's this, this this girl who graduated actually graduated from my class. Her name is Lucina. She worked with Common. She worked with uh, the Foreign Exchange and stuff like that. And then the cat, I, I don't remember his name. Forgive me, but he was in uh, the um, Wakanda, Black Panther. There was a dude in Wakanda who was who I heard was did the music or something, but. What's the the movie with um Ice Cube? They did the re um NWA movie. Barbershop? Nah, the NWA movie. Oh, he's oh, talking about um Compton. Compton. He's talking about with Dre and them in it. Yeah, Dre. it was um the Compton movie. Yeah. I know you saw I forgot the name. LA, I love you, forgive me. <laughs> but anyway, the dude that played Dr. Dre, he went to Duke Ellington. So it's a formidable amount of people. Um, and it's not easy to get in there. So um, I went for visual arts. And 
So anyway, to get back to my story, I always wanted to go to HBCU based on my older sister and her friends, like all of that, right? Mm -hmm. But then when I got to Duke Ellington, I wanted to go to an art college. For instance, like Ringland, which is in Florida. They, you know, close to Disney, so I'm like, that's hot. Or I can go to MCAT, or um, I can go to RISD, which is in Rhode Island. But the thing that made me want to go to a HBCU, when I went on a college tour, it was a year before I graduated Duke. I went to Central, I went to A&T, and um, I can't remember the other one. And then, God rest his soul, my homeboy was like, you should go to Norfolk State. And I was like, all right, I had never heard of Norfolk State. So I went, and I went on a visit. And it's not until I saw the campus, I was like, you know what? This is hot. I want to go to Norfolk State. I ended up getting accepted to Norfolk State. And I said, you know what? This is the one for me. Yeah, it's not It's not like that was hard. I'm oh, joking. man, I don't know. <laughs> hey, man, I don't know. To get accepted, I'm joking. But I, <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> that's your alma mater. It's yeah. my alma mater, but, you the know. Whole. I mean, that's how it started. I just went to Norfolk State's campus, and, and I saw A&T's, and I saw Central's campus. I'm like, you know what? This is home. Yeah. So the, the the thing for me that did it was um, I did, I knew I wanted to go to HBCU. Uh, uh, predominantly white school was never, ever, ever, ever on the agenda. I, I never, I don't even think I could, like, only, and if I was to go to one, it would have been VCU. Um, mm -hmm. that, was, that was the only one that I, I would have gone to. But other than that, for me, it was always going to be a HBCU. And I can say that a lot of times, like, in, in the early 90s, I'd say the 90s period, I think HBCUs had a bad or negative connotation of just being, like, party schools. Because I felt like there was such, um, my thing, well, I think it was such a close connection with the music and HBCU, like, when you think of it, like, as far as, like, the genres of the years you went school and how that music has a lot to do with it. Like, going to school in Atlanta in the 90s, what was the music like? And we were the HBCU. And, and you got to think, at white schools, our music wasn't, hip-hop, everything was so relatively new. So it definitely was not going to transcend into the education sec you know, sector at a, at a predominant white school. But I think at HBCUs, music plays such a high point with our bands, with our cheerleaders, with the games. Right. I mean, everything, fraternity, sorority, it was a big part. And, the, you know, a good segue for that is, like, the music. Like, as far as Lincoln, when I think of Lincoln, I think of Philly. So I'm thinking, okay, there was a strong push of Philly music because you right in that place. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, man, without question. And to, uh, <laughs> the music was such a, a profound component of my life as a student at Lincoln. Like, I remember my first evening at Lincoln. I was studying with my, my good brother, my good laser brother. You all hear me talk about these these cats, uh, my good brother Russell Phillips, man. So first night studying, like we preparing for an exam the next night. We were up to like 1 or 2 in the morning listening to Biggie's Ready to Die. I mean, you talking about, if I'm coming from D.C., so of course you, I listen to hip-hop on the radio, but I'm not buying CDs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm listening to straight go-go. You know what I mean? Heavy go-go. And so we talk about music. You could even take it back to Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. I mean, not Do the Right Thing, School Days, my bad. And you got EU all up and down. Wait, can I interject? Go ahead. Can you bring it down to the people with GoGo is? Oh man, GoGo is the national the 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 national music of the Washington D.C. area. The the local music, the historical music. It's the it's the music of the city. You can't come to D.C. and not even connect with GoGo. 
And going back to your point at Duke Ellington, you got some great go-go musicians that graduated from Duke Ellington. Sweet Cherie from Belladonna, Matt Swamp Guinea from Crank Lukongo, D. Floyd, um, one of the, the greatest go-go writers from Rare Essence, Team Familiar, Push Play. So when you think about all of these people, and then shout out to Sugar Bear, Happy Birthday, Sugar Bear. We can't, we can't even go. Sugar Bear's birthday was June, 20, July twenty fifth. So shout out to Sugar Bear and that whole EU team. Happy birthday. But, but yeah, so without question, go go music, and then, and my favorite album during that time, Illmatic, Nas. You know, without question, one of my favorite albums of all time. So, but so in that Philly, in that Philly era, I say that Philly area, not era, that Philly area. So they were pumping Nas and, and, oh, man. and Lincoln? That's a good question, man. Not not just Nas. I mean, during that time period, you had, so it was crazy. So you coming up there from Philly, so it's Power 99 heavy. You know what I mean? Well, artists, well, but I'm saying, like, so I'm thinking, right, 95, 96, and we'll come to you because you're in the 2000s, but like 95, 96, you in school. What's hot? Oh, man. What's hot? Music-wise. Lil, like, like, Lil' Kim, Junior Mafia. Um, the Fuji's, that that oh um, Fuji's right there. That right there was like, that was like New Jersey just started taking over. Shout out to my homegirl Tiffany Ray, and all that Montclair, Montclair. She rapped Montclair hard. So I have to say it was it was uh hip hop was heavy. You had the Roots, you had um Jill Scott. I mean it was like a a great time to be alive and a college student because you had some some really great music that was coming out during that time. Yeah, I was I was in Norfolk State. And and now I was that was part of that that Mace, Bad Boy, wow. Biggie, Wow, <laughs> One Twelve, Total, you can keep going. That was that era. So like it was it was a a hell of a run to Dude. be in school. And then like like all the dudes was like hardcore Biggie, but when Faith Evans dropped, it was like damn. Like you had to become like a R and B dude for a minute because like <laughs> like Faith got because I got think Faith was supposed no dating Biggie, nope. right, so she right, got right. all of the props and respect off the go, and then her her like you know so at my school we would put, we would put the radios near the window, so you'll play your music when you know when girls dudes walk past they look up like what room is that coming from so you want to put all the hot joints you know and everybody walking by, so like when that soon as I get home, with my Faith <laughs> Evans came out Faith that one. That was a rap, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, just I'm just thinking like sometimes music can be like the soundtrack of your life, and when right. you hear certain songs, it makes you remember that. And I know, like for me, that's why I asked about the music part, because the music, it's like when you hear certain songs, you can think, oh, I was in the sweat box, I was at a party, just when the the Deltas came through or the AK, you know what I'm saying? Sweat box, you let them know. The sweat box. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> the sweat box, the infamous sweat box. At Norfolk State University, if you were a freshman or sophomore in Norfolk State between, I got there in 90-something, I'm not going to tell you that. I graduated in 2000. But if you were there and you ever got a chance to go to the sweat box, it was no windows. It was hot. It was dark, a little dim light. <laughs> and it would be leotards, bikers. Yes, sir. Holter tops, <laughs> cut-off sleeves. And you would go there and dance, dance dance have a good time and it was on a weekday too it wasn't even like a friday yeah, night. it was on a weeknight yeah. everybody went to the sweat box that was like the, the thing to do but i'm saying that because the music even with that part it still played the role like the music and and the other uh, of that era so i like to relate the two because the music in college like a hell of experience like you were there with our band 
when we would play other schools, it was like if your band knew how to play certain hip hop songs, that was a one up. We won. Like, and sometimes you'd be the bands would go so hard. If your team not winning anyway, you're not coming. You're not coming for the game. You're coming. You want to see the halftime, the bands going. So right. that, like, you know, so in 2000, what was the soundtrack? Ooh. For you, for like HBCU life for you. Okay, so I'm okay. So the only way to, to describe it, I'm the blueprint area. I mean era. So Jay Z blueprint one, blueprint two. Kanye West college dropout. Mm, that's classics. my like. That's like that's the when I think of Norfolk State, I think of um, college dropout. It's just like that right there. Just reminds me of just just walking the campus and then just being proud. Yeah. You know what I'm like? I'm just but man. The Kanye gives you like that creative backpack side of rap, and I couldn't imagine being in school at that time. I was done. I was out. But I couldn't imagine being in school at that time because. Everything he was rapping about was for college. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you was in school, grades ain't good. Why should I work? Should I be entrepreneur? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All that's going through your mind. I'm like, so you said so you said Kanye, Kanye. In, in the blueprint. But see, but then there was a Neo Soul. I was a Neo Soul cat, too. So, think about Floetry. Jill Scott is pretty much just came out. I know Erica Badu was out in, like, 96 and stuff like that, but. I still can anyway, like her, music, soul child, dwelle, like people like that. Um, but then at the same time, state property. Mm-hmm. But you I don't yeah. know if you were I mean I, I was the, out of school during that state property era, but I, I you know, like that, that they was, were fired. Yeah, they, they were yeah, fired. Yeah, yeah. I, I always think of like, you know, like going to school and where I went to school in Norfolk because it was like a strong DC, New York base. But then I also think about I couldn't imagine, like, if I had to do it all over again. And I actually, like, if you had to do it all over again, would you go to Lincoln? Would you go to Norfolk State? I, I really wanted to go to school in North Carolina, right? But after, like, thinking and having strong consideration, like, I, I think of that, that Carolina, like, all the schools. But then I think about, can you imagine being in school? You got Clark. You got Morehouse. You got Spelman. And then you got what Morris, Morris Brown. Morris Brown. Like I couldn't, I, I oh, couldn't man. imagine being in, like not in today's time, but like in the nineties. <laughs> like in the nineties, <laughs> you right. got Clark Spellman, Morehouse, and Mo- like that's crazy. Like that's that's like when you think of HBC, like that's crazy. I think y'all was in the golden era. Like, I'm sorry, crazy. I like my era, but I pay homage. I don't know if because I have my sister in high regard, but I like y'all era. Our era was tight because I think when we were coming up, see, we you talk about the image of, of HBCUs. We had different world coming up. When different mm-hmm. world came out, the Cosby show, and then you see what you would see different world. You say, you know, I want to go to an HBCU. Yeah, that was kind of yeah. planted yeah. in you. Yeah. Yeah. And so by the time you came to school, I think the run you probably catching the reruns. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, right? You know what I mean? So, but at the same time. Like, right, right. If I had to do it again, I have to. My my good brother George Love, man, he went to Winston Salem State, and the camaraderie that them boys had down there in Winston Salem, those Rams, it was it was infectious. So you go to Winston Salem? Maybe not Winston Salem, but this is what I'm saying. That whole North Carolina connection. You're looking at Winston Salem State. You're looking at Shaw. You're looking at Johnson C Smith. You're looking at Saint Aug, Livingstone. 
Saint, I even, I didn't even, Saint, I didn't, Saint Augustine in Carolina though. Saint Augustine is in Carolina. It is? Yeah, Saint Augustine is in Carolina. Livingstone, South Carolina. Now Livingstone is in is North is in North oh, Carolina. So yeah, Livingstone. Shout out to my I mean, boy D, my bad. Man, you talking about that whole? I need. We haven't even mentioned North Carolina A and T and North Carolina Central. So when you look at and then Bennett, you know, when you look at all those schools in one state, wow. And then Elizabeth City. I mean, you you meant you see all those schools, whereas Lincoln. We were kind of isolated, and then we had um, Cheney, but then you had Delaware State, and it the distance between all three schools was not really that close. Yeah, yeah. And okay. so you know, what I mean, you could if I had to do it again, um, I would probably have looked more seriously at those schools because the stories that my friends who went to Winston Salem had, I mean, they just had a great. I mean, then they had to see. Then you add on the fact that they had the CIAA, which at that time was in Raleigh. And all the and all those experiences that they had really enhanced their college experience. Right. So, so for people that's watching and you don't know what CIAA is, right? We'll do a, a five minute. You ever been to CIAA? Oh man, you Plenty. ever been to CIAA? I, I never. Uh, so he he missed it. <laughs> yeah, he I, missed did, it. I did. Yeah. I did. Hold on, before we go any further, have you ever been to Freaknik? I've never been to Freaknik. Never been to Freaknik. That's my. That's past my era. All right, man, I'm gonna have to find two. two more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I was past yeah. my so, era, man. But look, if you've never been to. Because it was to, done that once I got yeah, to school. It, it was, but if you've never been to CIAA, people that's watching, CIAA is a, is a historically black college and university basketball tournament that has some of the best HBCUs in that tournament. And these schools were going to compete for a weekend, but the festivities will really start for the week. The tournament, too. Yeah. But mainly people went during the weekend. But you want to get down there, like when the tournament started, if you were real into the game and all that. But you're talking about HBCUs coming together for a hell of a basketball tournament, a um, lot of good food, a lot of good networking. A lot of schools have left the CIAA now, but it was such a signature if you went to HBCU in this region. In this region, you know, when you get further down south, the tournaments change. But in this region, it was like it was it was a huge deal to have your school in the CIAA tournament and just being around that many HBCUs. It, it was it was one of the best experiences that I think I ever had. You know, one of the the many. You know, because everybody was there. You saw people from years. You saw all the fraternities, all the cheer, the, the V State. They got the Woo Woos. They would always be out with they. That was like a whole another organization within within itself. So CIAA tournament. If you don't know, a very prestigious HBCU basketball tournament that is now in Baltimore. And I I don't think it'll be the same once it's left. I mean, it's yeah. easier for us to get to. Yeah. But you know, what I mean, that's being selfish because mm-hmm. it's nothing like going down south. You know, what I mean, for me, going down North Carolina because yeah. all the schools who make up the CIAA are in the North Carolina. But shout out to Bowie State; they did a phenomenal job of hosting this year in Baltimore. And if you get a chance to go, come on up to Baltimore, have a good time, connect with your friends and your family members and your classmates. If you get a chance to check it out, <laughs> damn, that was a good plug, brother. Yeah. Oh man, we got to get the CIAA on here. We definitely yeah. had to, you know, get some representatives because when I was going, Lincoln was not a part of the CIAA at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was overjoyed to start going once. In fact, I probably went to more CIAA's than homecoming. Unfortunately, you I know what I mean. Yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean. But you know, yeah, CIAA is definitely what was good I luck. Doing with my life. All right. All right. So guys, well, um, one topic that I want us to, to to dive into and talk about is the completion, right? So of course we're gonna we're gonna jump around. But like the completion, as far as job rate, I wouldn't even say completion, internships working, your major, your field. How do you feel as far as it being competitive when you were applying for like internships or jobs? And I'll say this real quick. Um, I applied for an internship out of 150 people. I got narrowed down and I got selected to get hired, right? Good feeling. 
I was in the pool full of white people, um, black people, and I still got picked. But I think it was they needed me to be the token. I don't know if that, <laughs> if that's the case. Token saying the token. But what I well, I will ask this question, y'all. This question: How do you feel getting your degree from HBCU, and what was that job market, that job search like um, at, when you when you when you finished, or what do you think it was, and what it actually was? And oh, before you answer the question, I just want to say this. You networking with the right motherfucker, so I can help you get to certain. Places. Oh come on, man! Cause <laughs> Stop I, cause, it, man! Because we because we never okay. had because we never had the network and talk. And okay. This, and, and and this is real crucial about networking and getting to where you want to be because it's all about sometimes who you know. Okay. All right. So, all right for me, like I said, I bleed green and gold. That's the color of my school, Norfolk State. But like, I love you, Norfolk State, but. I'm a fine arts major, graphic design. I do illustration. That's what I did in college, right? Mm-hmm. I never forget this. This is my junior year, and I'm walking on campus, and I see these little signs that are stuffed in the in the in the lawn. Disney's there. I'm like, oh, uh, Disney's here. This is hot. I'm not tooting my own horn, but I was a one of the best illustrators on campus. So I'm like, cool, this is for me. Yeah. I got it. So I asked my, you know, one of my professors, and they're like, we don't have any. I'm thinking, because it says internship. I'm thinking it's an internship, like for us. He says, no, we don't have anything with them. It's scheduled. He found out it's scheduled for the, the business department. And I'm like, this is Disney. I understand Disney is a a global, you know, it's a major, it's a business. Mm -hmm. But it's like 90%, well, 70% of everything that they do is based on the art. I really feel like that should have been, like, a focal point on the, like, the fine arts department. Yeah. I'm not mad at the, I'm glad that they came to HBCU. I'm glad they came to Norfolk State. I'm not happy that they came. They didn't come to my department. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm pretty passionate. But, you, but like, you know, that's 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 a con. But a pro for me, like, going to Norfolk State, I became, like, my skills were home. Like, I, I was able to, like, develop my skills. Like, I never thought I would be able to do because that's another topic. But, like, the same professor was like, you have the keys to the computer room. You can come in here and do what you need to do. You can stay till 6 a.m., do what you need to do. And that allowed me to get my skills up to where I have today, to where, like, I've had some good, like, freelance illustration gigs. That's due to Norfolk State. So it's like a pro and con, pro and con. 50-50 type thing. Yeah, and to your point, you know, you mentioned – your department and I think the department of the HBCU that you go to also speaks volumes and it also should you know support students when they make their decision about the school that they attend because when I was a student at Lincoln um you know Dr. Willie you know again man I don't know what he what he was able to pull but we had connections at various government (laughs) agencies man (laughs) 
man, let me tell you something, man. We had we had internship opportunities at the United States Department of Defense, United States, NASA. And so when I was a student at Lincoln, I had internships at National Institute of Health. Had a had a uh, internship at United States Department of Agriculture, and, uh, and so it just really set a tone for me. Like when I when I graduated from Lincoln, I had an extensive resume. So you know, whatever someone may may have thought about my school, when they saw my internship opportunities, it spoke volumes. And I think that um, if HBCUs are going to put students in position to be successful, they have to open up. Uh, they have to make those connections. Like in a situation like yours, it's I I could totally understand your position like it'd have been nice and i'm not saying that they didn't try if the art department did not have a discussion with disney to say hey i would like for you all to look at some of our students here on campus along with the students on the business side and so for myself like if i didn't have those internship opportunities uh my career prospects would have probably been bleak yeah you know what I, mean? I mean well that, that was one thing I, I definitely wanted to focus on and just bring it up so like like listeners can know right one of the biggest things that you can do to yourself as a disservice is, is if you go to a school, and I'll say any school, and you don't do any internships. So you want to be able to graduate in four years with at least three to four years worth of experience on top of your resume with your educational, you know, that you can put on your on your resume too. A lot of times they don't tell you, you can put your education on your resume and you can use that as years of experience because you're learning how to do that particular job. But what makes it even better is when you have the internship behind it, which are super duper impactful. And a lot of times what happens is you'll go to school and you think, okay, well, I'm gonna go back home for the summer and I'm gonna work that job that I had when I was in high school. Different ball game, different park, different level. If you were working at Foot Locker in high school, that's not the job that you have as a freshman in college. No knock to Foot Locker, but that's not what, that's not where you're going to work. So whatever your major is, whether if it's biology or computer science, that freshman year, that's what you need to be doing. Running around in the customer service industry is not, you know, comparative to what your, you know, your your degree is in. So that's a and and I. I don't even know how I stumbled upon it and it happened to me, but I just was pointing in that direction. But I worked at Kings Dominion and I could have easily gone back. And like, I'm going back to Kings Dominion for the summer. But I took that, that internship and it was like, of course it was impactful. You met a lot, I met a lot of people. I worked downtown right near the World Trade, um, the World Trade Center. And that was my summer internship. We did it for three years. Great internship, met a lot of people, uh, learned a lot. Um, really learned, start to understand racism in corporate America, which was crazy. Like that transition, because coming from HBCU and then you going to these, my, I had I was an accounting major, so you going to these white companies looking for internships in the summer. So that was my wake up to like this is what corporate America is like. And so to your point, you you mentioned Kings Dominion. For those who don't know, Kings Dominion is a uh, a phenomenal amusement park right outside of Richmond, between Richmond and DC. Where you can you you can hang out and kick it, uh, but to your point, like people say that you know they when they're choosing between going between the HBCU and the PWI, sometimes they feel like the PWI is preparing them for um, not just the um, going into corporate America, but how to engage with others yeah. in corporate America. But what 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 needs to be brought up to the attention is the ability that the social development that takes place at HBCUs for students that equips them and encourages them, let them to identify who they are as individuals, which is, which is even more relevant before going into uh, a various work environment. So I just want to put that out there as well. I mean, no, that, but the piggyback, that's a huge point because it has a lot to do with the confidence. Sometimes you can think like, and I hear parents say this to me now because we work in education. 
I want my kids to see what it's like to be a bowler. Like to me, I feel like that didn't prepare. I felt like because I've done both. I've gone to PWI, but I feel like that PWI didn't prepare me for corporate America. It didn't, and, and I think that's the misconception. A lot of people think, well, I'm gonna go to school around white people because it's going to get me prepared for white people, which nothing prepares you for that. Like, like in the grand scheme of things, nothing, nothing, yeah, prepares, really nothing wow. prepares you for yeah, that. You know, real. because yeah. those people that are there haven't even come into their own yet, and they're there trying to get to a goal. But like, nothing prepares you for like having having to deal with that. So I think that's a misconception. But I definitely feel like going to an HBCU helped you with your confidence. So when you get in that situation, you're proud of who you are, like your culture. And there's no identity crisis. It's like I've been going to this PWI for four years, and then I'm gonna go get my master's now down at seven years which has a lot to do with your, your lifestyle of who you're becoming because now you have been around these people and I, you know, should I act like them or should I act like, you know, and to me, I know that like going to HBC, that was never a question. It was just like, it made me feel good about this who I am. You know, like this is what I'm going to be. So that that's what that was for me, it, you know, so. And I saw the difference. So the crazy thing is that I went to a PWI after and my level of confidence that I had, excuse me, when I was there, Man, it was unbelievable because I I had like a what like you don't like you don't even so but and I and I'll say this if I didn't go to the HBCU first and went there I don't know if I would have had it and if I would I don't know if it would have been to the degree of what it was of how I felt about myself because it was like I can compete with y'all you know because I came from not the sharpest pencil in the box I'm like I can compete with y'all I can read I can speak you know I took a speech uh, a speaking a speaking class and I got to speak in public. Man, that took my confidence. Dang. But I used to stutter real bad, so that took my confidence through the roof. You know? And you Salute, hit it on the brother. You hit it on the head, it's man. Good. Definitely, because, like, when, when some people think about, let's say, for example, you have an opportunity to go, you're being recruited by a PWI, you're being recruited by HBCU. Yeah. But you hear someone say, you know what, they took a, a, a speech class, and you may not have an issue with speech. To a degree, somebody can look down on a school because they're offering students um, the ability to develop their skills in a, in a certain area. Yeah. And I say this, regardless of your academic prowess, you can still grow to exponential levels at an HBCU. Yeah. And that's what makes HBCUs great because they can help all students regardless of their academic background. You know what I mean? When they're stepping in, like we had students at Lincoln who when they first came in, they had to take, they had to take certain classes that to build up their skills that they should have received in high school. But by the time they finished those classes, they were on track to graduate with their their undergraduate degree, and in some cases, first time uh, college graduates. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to switch back. We could go back to the music real quick because we didn't touch that two thousand era. So we definitely hit, and I know we jumping, but I wanna. I'm looking at the time, and I want to wrap this up. So we talked about that era. I was in school from '95 to '99 ish. I say like two thousand. And I was I was in two thousand. I you came were, right when when you left. That's when I came. So I, I was so I, I was a part of that bad boy, Biggie Smalls, and that Dr. Dre era. Mm. I was I was in school with that. But I'm trying to think in two thousand two thousand one. See, I can't see. But what, I what, hold you, you that era such high regard because, like, okay, like I said, like that whole Rockefeller Wu, like. I mean, who else? Um, ja Rule was popping in, in 50 Cent. Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> that whole era, like, like that you had, I hold it in high regard. 
But hold on, but but what your era? What, what's your era? Two thousand is two thousand. But what, what what music was popping in that era? Like like Ja Rule, Fifty Cent, Jay Z. I mean, even though Jay Z, but now. Do you, you even consider him like he's oh, just an anom- anon? Bro, what is it? Anomaly? I mean, Jay was, anomaly. Jay I went was, to HBCU. Um, goddamn. Jay was so. phenomenal, but how when we're talking, I'd be remiss, man, if I didn't even mention this album. It's probably one of my favorite albums. Two thousand? Is this in the two? I don't know if it was two thousand, but that Nori. Album was just oh you mean oh, the um with the super thug I'm super talking thug. hold on that, that, that was in the nineties no, that, that, that was that, that was like that was that was that was ninety that I was in college that was ninety six ninety seven was that ninety six I don't care super we thug is classic hold that, on that that which which album, which album was here was nothing that's my era that reminds me of the towers no nothing that's the towers but that's him and Pharrell right yeah that's the towers what year was that that's two thousand two. Nah, it wasn't 2001, 2002. So, yeah, he's right. That's All right, right so, I, okay, so I remember being out of school then, and I had yeah. a truck. I had a truck. Okay, so that, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying, because I had speakers and I had a system. I and joined not, man. Could, yeah. could, could, nobody could tell you anything, man. No, I'm just thinking of, like, that, that yeah, era. So, yeah, I, okay, yeah. I was cutting hair at that time, but you was in school at that time, so so that's, I could have sworn that Noi was my era. Pass. He is your era, but that song came out when I was in college. So what Nori song? Because I remember Nori, a Nori song jumping. Super, okay, Super Thug, I was at Duke Ellington. So y'all was you were in college. In college. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So cause I remember hearing that because that was in, yeah. That, that song was, was, was phenomenal. That whole album, actually. But yeah, to your point, man, like during that time period, man. And so, you know, of course, when you're on a campus, you want to represent your culture where you're from. So being from D.C., that was a golden age for Go-Go as well because you had Backyard, you had Junkyard Band, you had the Northeast Groovers, you had Rare Essence. All of these bands were, you had Subtle Thoughts. You had all of these bands that were an EU, of course. So, I mean, it was just a phenomenal Would you era. consider Hucklebucks? Oh, my goodness, the Hucklebucks, right, okay, man. Right, the right. Hucklebucks were bringing the heat, man. The well, Huck- you know the crazy thing about it? I didn't, I had never heard of Go-Go before, ever in my life. Ever like not, not ever so you know I think being from New York, moving to VA, and then going to Norfolk State, I ain't know what Go Go was. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know what Go Go was until I got to school. Right. But when I got to school, you seeing all these girls from Norfolk State, and they had on these jeans. These jeans <laughs> is the best jeans ever made. Parasuco. Parasuco <laughs> jeans. The best jeans ever oh, made man. for a female. And I was, cause like that, that was like a, I don't know if that was a DC. That's a DC thing. uniform, DC. man. Yeah, like, so like the them, DC, yeah, DC them, uniform, that parasuit called, and you had the New Balance. The New Balance, yeah. You can't, and you had to have madness. A, you had to have a certain New Balance though. You couldn't have the regular New Balance no. coming all them weird colors, green, pink, purple. <laughs> nah. You can't. You had to have the nine nine threes and the there what? You go. And then what was eight eight something? Yeah. Man, I can't. Don't give me. Yeah, wild, but man. so you had to have the New Balance. <laughs> but I remember that, and I'm like, what is that? So. <laughs> <laughs> bro, to it's me, it's a culture, bro. But it, it was is. Like, a heavy right, culture, right. man. It is, but when you first hear it, I was like, it sounded like, doom, 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 doom. like just, just like they beating on a bunch of trash cans. But then you listen to it, and it's like, all right, they're telling a story. And then it's like a culture and a climate thing. And it's like people from D.C., like the way they talk, the way they dance to it. And you're like, oh, that's, that's y'all shit. Here's the thing. I don't know if that would be able to find expression at a PWI. Hell no. You no, know what I mean? No. Like, for example, like, because... Go-Go sometimes 
are sometimes looked at as the underdog of music to a degree. And so sometimes people look view HBCUs in the same light. Yeah. And so when you when Spike Lee did um, School Days, it was like the perfect marriage. You have, you're talking about HBCU culture as well as introducing the world to go-go culture. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? It was like uh, a match made in heaven to a degree. So yeah, so when you're talking about music, you're talking about some great hip-hop songs, but what you, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about how go-go was flourishing during that time yeah. period. Yeah. Wait, what you said was beautiful? And I'm gonna piggyback off that. So I was on YouTube, and I was just listening to some classic, you know, go-go songs, right? And what I saw, one of the top things that I saw is people like, I'm not from DC, but that reminds me of being at my HBCU. Yeah. And I said, wow. Man, I'm gonna tell you, I think that when you at an HBCU, if you went to an HBCU, like Bowie. Um, Virginia State, Virginia State, Norfolk State, Hampton, uh, Virginia Howard. Union, Howard. Like GoGo was a part of your HBCU experience, and I even go like further down. You can probably what's you start you can going take it down the clock. You can take it down to FAMU. Yeah, you yeah you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, I think I think it was yeah. Yeah, because you know what's so great about those schools is that they recruited in D.C. You have Florida A and M, South Carolina State. Um, you have. Um, A&T, of course, North Carolina Central. All of those schools graduate, they, Bethune-Cookman, they all recruited Clark, Morehouse, Spellman, Morris Brown. They all recruited from this area. Yeah. And so it was like a, a compliment. But not to your point, like I was influenced, like my, my roommate from Lincoln was from Brooklyn. So, you know what I mean? With him being from Brooklyn, I'm listening to Jay-Z. I'm listening right. to, I'm listening to, to Heavy, man. Like wow. we listening to Jay-Z wow. Heavy. Like I remember vividly the Memphis Bleak, Jay-Z. That was, it's all right. That's I can remember that because that's all they played. You know but what I mean? You know what? That, that's I think that's the, the beautiful thing about being at HBCU. You in a room with somebody that you have no idea. You don't know them, and and and, and it could be the same. You know when you compare to the, the right, PWR, right. but like it's it's like very rare that you got hooked up with like somebody from your region. It's almost like it was intentional. Like <laughs> I'm from New York. We gonna put you with somebody from Alabama. Yeah, and y'all make it work. <laughs> and then you you end up making it work, but the crazy thing is those two worlds collide, yeah. and you got northern music with southern music, and then it's like I right, we swapping, and you listening to each other's music, like the like the two things I think I got put onto was the go go, and then I got put onto like real deep down south rap, um like gangster boot, like that whole little where them dollars at. Where them and I was like, where them dollars? They're like, why, why is she rapping like that? You know, I'm like, but that was, you know, like I got introduced to that from being around a dude that was on the football team. We'd be in a weight room together, and like he playing that music, and I'm like, all right. And next thing you know, you, yeah, I'm going to get that Gangsta Boo CD because at that time I was in school, we had CDs, bro. Like, think about what it was like to be a student at Prairie View or Texas Southern with Ghetto Boys out mm-hmm. or that whole that whole Houston right. that whole Houston movement was moving or even a student we talk about cash money we talk about um, No Limit like in New Orleans whether it's Dilla Xavier or Southern or Grambling yeah. where they at their rise man I mean that's crazy like yeah it's but I think you know what made it crazy but can you imagine to me like this is what did it for us when we would be at the game and we cause like one thing I can say for my school the band practice, it seemed like all damn day. Like, I, I, I used to, like, when do y'all go to class? Like, the band practice all day, like, all night, you in your dorm room and you hear the horn still going. I'm like, damn, they still outside? But when, right. so you so you knew 
like you, if you like, so my dorm was right where, where, where like on one of the fields they would practice. So you can even tell sometimes their cadences, because you hear one, two. But so when the game time came, you already knew when they play that, yeah, that's gonna crank. And when your band hit certain songs, it was like, that's my school, that's my band. You felt proud about that. I know, like Norfolk State, we had a band, a good band for the for the longest time. We always, we had bad teams in the good band. So like that band part was crucial. That's why I like when Beyonce did Homecoming. I don't know if you ever watched it, but that's in the pre- classic. Man, I'm, I'm talking about that video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, like I'm not a huge Beyonce fan, right? Because you know this is woman music. You like it, you know. But I'm never like I'm not a part of the B.I. I'm not about. But when I sat down and watched that Homecoming joint, I was like, and when I say not a huge Beyonce fan, it's just like it's like women music. It's like one of them. Man, Beyonce but, brings it, man. No, she, she, she brings she it, man. Yeah. Brings but, it. I mean, but but she does. But have you seen her but, in concert? No, listen to this. But like, so this. Listen, this is a hard thing. Can you imagine yourself? <laughs> look, can you imagine yourself in your car, <laughs> windows down? <laughs> okay, a, we a hot day outside, and you pull up in the Beyonce joint. <laughs> Any Beyonce song you bump as a man, like you can like it, but Beyonce, like it's one of them, like you got to roll the windows up and you got to listen to like and have your AC on and be like, and nobody <laughs> knows what you listen to. But if you roll nah, your windows down and you ride, man. if you roll your windows down and ride through the city and you listen to a Beyonce song, dude's gonna be like, yo, what's so, up? So what's you wanna listen to no Beyonce and Jay collaboration with the windows down? I would. But that's a pick. Collaboration, fire. <laughs> yeah, the collab- but I'm just saying, like, even even me, like, you know, my daughters love Beyonce. I'm in the car and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I like this too. But when they get out, I I can't continue to play that ride down the street, like this as a as a as a man. Like, cause when I if, like, give me a Beyonce song right now. Put a ring on. <laughs> See, you know what? Cause that's windows classic. down. <laughs> wind, windows down. I'm riding. Come on. If you see me, if oh, if, if if I pull up next to you, you ain't doing the uh oh oh. No, you ain't pulling so up. So no, the if I if I pull up next to you, <laughs> when you look over, what you thinking? It's, hey hey, what you thinking? I, I think what you, you like thinking? her music. I was like, what you thinking? He, I say you like Jay Z White. What do you, you like, man? You like you like Jay Z White. Nah, you gonna be like dog. You gonna be like you a Jay Z White fan. Nah, you a Jay Z White fan. You gonna be like Jay Z White fan. You a Jay Z White fan. Yeah, that's all you gonna be. That's what we gonna say. No. Yeah, yeah. You like Jay's wife. No. Oh, I ain't man. mad at you though. I'm not mad no. at you though. No, you're not gonna be mad like, at you. You know what? This big. You want you want you want her to upgrade you. That's <laughs> another. <laughs> So, so you driving up and you pull up with let me upgrade you. Yeah, exactly. Nah, I feel yeah. Hey, you made your point, my brother. Yeah. You made your point. Yeah, Woo! exactly. That's that New York in you. Let man. me cater to you. I'ma pull up <laughs> I'ma pull up to that. I'ma pull up to that. Let me yeah, let me cater to you. Oh, so God. so when I so when I say it, I say it from respect, that respect. from, from that regard, respect, right? Respect. So you a, but so you a fan, but you're a fan in a different light. But I'm just saying the like lyrics are fire. Cause she li- said stuff that she said stuff that wow man, like she said if you don't f- put my jeans on the way I do, then you don't feel my pain. Like, yeah, who says that? She's li- lyrically, man. Her her, her voice is, man, the Parasucos, you know what I mean? Parasucos. <laughs> but now nah, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you, man. Yeah, so so that, so that like, that was my thing for that with, with, with the music, with, like, certain eras, it makes you think of, of that. Like, even with the whole Texas, Texas era, you know, so, and being put on to certain music. So I think, I thought it was, like, very essential that this episode we kind of relate the music to the HBCU because it's so much 
and we just starting to peel back the layers of the onion because some some people don't understand like the homecomings of HBCU. So many layers we can keep going. The bands, the fraternities, the sororities, the different black cultures that come to the school. When I say cultures, meaning the regions. Right, right. Understanding the different hoods. Because you come from New York, it's like, man, my hood. But then you got to realize, like, yo, this dude from New Orleans, you know, he from, what, give me a ward, fifth ward, ninth ward. Fifth ward. And, like, and it's like, whoa, you don't even understand what it's like down south because all you hear is the New York struggle. You know what I'm saying? Then you might get somebody from Cali. And you know the craziest thing, like when you hear Compton, but then you meet somebody from Compton, you be looking at them like, you want to ask them a bunch of questions. Like, you know, like, <laughs> right. so, like did you listen to Easy e <laughs> You know, like, so right, it's just right, right. being from those different areas, West Coast, East Coast. So I think it was just a beautiful thing, you know. And, and, and to your point, man, like, and as we develop, as, as we go forward and take our listeners on a journey, we're going to expose them to these cultures. We're going to expose them to Tennessee State. We're going to expose them to Fisk. We're going to expose them to Jackson State. Um, there's more to Jackson State than just the football team. You yeah. know what I mean? And shout out to that whole Jackson State mob. We're going to we're gonna take them down to Mississippi Valley State, Alcorn State, you know, Langston. Um, it's exciting, man. I'm Dillard. I'm excited, man. Yeah. Walter. Yeah. Edward Waters. I'm excited, man. I, 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 think, I think, like, the purpose of the podcast is being able to have a spotlight to talk about specific things that happen. And I think the good thing for us is that we've been there and we had the relationships and we have the experience to kind of like back it up. So it's not like we're looking at it from another lens and, hey, come on. Like, so we can, we want to showcase those HBCUs and give them a voice, whether it be good or bad, and point them in a the direction like, right, we're not going to make the same mistakes. So if, if, if you never heard of, you should do an internship every year. All right. right. I heard that first on HBCU Creative. Boom, that's a gym. So the goal is to build the relationships, build those gyms, get some of the schools on here, help with enrollment, and put a positive spotlight on HBCUs, and we be that voice to get that point across. And I think it's a good platform, and I'm glad that we came together to to do that. You know? Absolutely. Hey, man, I'm loving it, man. And then yeah. we're going to have to throw some go-go on here for the listeners, too, yes, man, sir. so they familiar, yes, man. Because I want my... You know, but yeah, man, I love HBCUs. I love Lincoln, and I'm excited about how we're gonna move forward, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah.